everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJMike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. Mike, how are we doing today, buddy? I am feeling good. Mike's feeling good. Impromptu podcast. We didn't plan on, on recording tonight, but there's a, brig, there's a big bracket coming out, the top 16 Jets podcast, and we were a two-seed. So we'll go ahead and put an episode out and have some fun. Mike, what are we talking about today? Okay, we're going to go with the top five Major League Baseball players that we would want on the Jets. It's a good idea. We got, we got opening day on Thursday. So we're going to take players from current MLB or in the past and copy and paste them on the Jets. We'll give you the position we have it. We did not talk prior to the draft of who we were going to take, but we did talk about our philosophy and I know Mike and I were both looking for players who have been arrested before as kind of a leg up and the nastiness we wanted to bring to the Jets. Mike, did you find any convicted felons for your team? No, and I'm very disappointed. Um, <laughs> so I looked up, I really actually looked on Google and I said, baseball players who were murderers and, and the list came back and it was baseball players who were murdered, but I, I didn't realize that at first. So I looked at the guys and I was like, I didn't, re- I didn't realize like uh, uh, this guy, uh, Ivan Calderon. I was like, I didn't realize he was a scumbag. And then I was like, oh my God, he was murdered. So, tough look. Tough look. Oh, it's not easy. Dude, do you want the first pick here? How do you want to ro- How do you want to rock here? Do you want to go one? Are we going snake? Yeah, we'll go snake. Uh, we can go back and forth. Whatever's good. Doesn't matter. I want to hear your number one. All right. We'll do a snake. I'll go number one. So I get two picks. You get two picks in that round. That's big. I could take that. Probably going a risk here. I want Ricky Henderson on my team. Were you going Ricky? He was on my list. Okay. Okay. I think I'm going to, I want to put him at slot corner. 5'10". I'm going to put him at running back. He's like a Travis Etienne guy. Gets you, you know, breakaway speed. Can make guys miss. The Jets need a number one running back. Bring me a guy who can run a 4-3-40, tough as nails, 5'10", 180. Ricky Henderson, bring him to the Jets. That's Yeah, and he's a good defender. He's got good hands. Good hands. He could catch the ball to the backfield from either Sam Darnold or the new quarterback. Interesting. I will go with another fast man, Mr. Herb Washington, Ooh. who was an Olympic sprinter and played with the A's in the 70s. He was primarily a pinch runner. Very interesting guy. So I'll take her Washington, and I'll, I'll do some Henry Rugg stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Try a little Tyreek Hill here and there. Uh, maybe the Jets open up the playbook a little bit, get that get that run game going, then pop them with the play action. So I'll take her Washington. As I my just don't think team. Herb Washington, the name, translates to the NFL. Like, does Herb Washington? I don't know. Washington is a cool – it's Leon Washington. Herb? Brian Washington. Herb. Herb. Phineas <laughs> <laughs> and Herb. All right, give me number two. Who are you taking in the second round? I have a lot of good guys. Fuck. I'm going to take – this. Could, I'm going to reach for a need, I think. But I'm going to take uh, left guard Pablo Sandoval. Oh, he was on my list. No. You know, he can – you could plug him in. He might even get more playing time than Cam Clark. If he takes one snap, then he has more playing time. Dude, all right, poor Cam Clark, because I, <laughs> I was big on the Cam Clark hive. I said if he becomes half of what Brandon Moore was to the Jets, slam dunk pick that late in the draft. 
I have another theory that they didn't play Cam Clark the entire year because he looked too dominant in practice that they didn't want to ruin the tank by putting him back together <laughs> on the left side of the line. Cam Clark, hopefully he can bounce back and he's playing great in practice. But Pablo, I think Cam Clark okay. is going to be good. I think because sometimes I'll be looking at some guy's stats and you see like six, seven years down the line. It took some players like not maybe not six or seven, but like three, four, five years to get to become solid guys, and then and then eventually they can make a big impact. So maybe you know Cam Clark fourth round pick. You don't want to mm-hmm. judge it too soon, but dude, Pablo Sandoval, big burly, probably I, he has to be the fattest MLB player ever. You know, just just hilariously, not maybe not literally the heaviest, but <laughs> Prince Fielder came to mind first, oh. and then yeah. If we're gonna go there, I, I'm taking just. Who your pick? So here, I have back to back here, right? Yeah, I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have called it's, out. No, it's okay. It's That's okay. tough. That's on me. I'm going Prince Fielder. He was he was going to be my third round pick, and I'm fine with taking him here. But I'm making him a center, five eleven, oh. big dude, but five eleven. I'm fine with him there. Who's left? Addressing... Who are you getting for left for left guard? I'm addressing left guard <laughs> with the, with the Giambino. We're going Jason Giambi, six foot three, big guy, left guard. So now I got Giambi left guard. Prince Fielder at center, and then Ricky Henderson in the backfield. Three big-time pieces I'm adding to the offense here. I, I thought you would have went Giambi for the height reason over Sandoval. And I know Giambi kind of slimmed down as he got a little older, but... We can Pablo Sandoval, sneaky athleticism. He's going to work really well in that Jets uh, zone run scheme. He could, he could block on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And look, the Jets went out and they got a couple of guys. Corey Davis... Uh, Keelan Cole, who are very highly rated blockers. They have Denzel Mims, another good blocking wide receiver. You've seen it on Twitter, Matt. You put Pablo Sandoval there in left guard. You spread the offense left. You got Becton and Sandoval creating a pocket. McGovern was the second best run blocking center in the league over the last like seven weeks. Michael Nania <laughs> tweeted that today. Unbelievable. I'm fired off about my pick. Hey, it, it's a good pick. I'm excited to see where you go with rounds three and four because you have back to back here. You have your left guard. You have a receiver in, in Herb Washington. What are we doing here in the third round? Uh, this is tough. Oh, no. But we need a tight end. And oh. I'm going to take Barry Bonds. Oh, my motherfucker. Barry, I, go ahead and I'll tell you my thought. Yeah, Barry Bonds <clears throat> is as bald as he is terrific. He's, he was the most feared hitter of all time. He, he, could, he could lay the wood. The guy was massive. His head grew... Uh, like six sizes. He shrunk down a little bit now, but he can get, uh, I, I want him back in his playing days. You know, now he looks like a, a normal man. His head shrunk back, but. Whew. I mean, it's a good pick. I had him as my outside linebacker, a hard hitter, but can stop the run. I don't think he's going to get me nine and a half, ten 10 sacks. I think he's going to set the edge and be a Jordan Jenkins type player for this team to fill in with JJ going ahead and leaving. Barry Bonds is a great, great pick there. I should have went ahead and jumped him and taken him instead of Giambi. It's a big error on my part because you had your left guard set. You can go any direction now, but at tight end, I think Barry Bonds is a home run pick there. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, Oh, I have another pick. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I do get the back-to-back pick again, right? You you do, and and take your time on this one. I know you've... Maybe had a few drinks. I know Mike tends to do that prior to the podcast. How are we feeling, Mike? We good? Do we, little, do we feel little that? Bang, little banged up. A little banged up. up? Okay. A little banged up. But we're feeling good. We're, we're going to power through it. 
I do want to address linebacker because I like Gerard Davis and I, and I'm, I want the Jets to keep CJ Mosley, but the other spot right now, I don't want to go into the season with Blake Cashman. So I'm going to take Carlos Quinton who famously charged the mound and broke Zach Granke's collarbone by trucking him. Mm-hmm. So Carlos Quinton is going to play left outside linebacker uh, for the Jets. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. I don't think you love it. I think that was eh, more of a. I want to change it. You want to change it? <laughs> I want to change it. I'll I'll allow you to to take a step back and, and cut take it over. We, can we cut that? Is we that can terrible? cut that. Yeah. I want to change it. I do want to change the pick. Okay. <clears throat> Where were we? I have no idea. I might even keep it in. Oh no! <laughs> so Barry Bonds. Uh, I picked Barry Bonds. I'm not picking. I want to pick Pete Rose Fuck, to be my will linebacker. The Jets need a will linebacker. Everyone's been saying it. Uh, I, I like again. I like Gerard Davis, C.J. Mosley, who I I think the Jets should keep. He's pro four you know four time Pro Bowler for seven and a half million bucks this year. You might as well just keep him. And then you plug Pete Rose in there. One of the hardest hitters. He broke a catcher's like leg in the All Star game one time. Like a maniac. He's plowing people he's diving on the floor they just they just need a, a fast guy he can cover i'm gonna take Pete rose no i think it's crazy because there's a million baseball players you can pick from we both like you took bonds and Pete rose two guys i had henderson on your list it's a good pick i'm fine with it i have to you know re-strategize quickly here fuck dude all right i think i can i think i can make it work so we need the the current Jets need a kicker, right? I don't think people love Ficken, Sergio Castillo. Never forget. Sam Ficken is the worst nose in sports history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going. The only guy I can remember kicking in the MLB is Paul O'Neill in right field for the Reds. Great boot, misplays the ball. Hits the cutoff man in stride. If I take Paul O'Neill in his prime and teach him how to kick for an entire offseason, I think he gets the job done. He also seems like a type of like anger management issue guy on the football field. Might not be the worst thing to get him fired up for like a 52-yarder for the win. I'll give him a tryout late in the fourth round. I love my fifth-round pick coming up. I think my fifth-round pick is to steal the draft. And I want to save this guy for the end. Mike, when you think of cornerback, what do you think of? What, what, what kind of guy do you need at corner? He's like an athletic. Athletic. Shifty, shifty. Strong. Strong. What do you got? What about mentally? Like in, in that person's head. He's going to be tough. He's a competitor. Be, yeah. I'm going for a guy who only played baseball in the minors. I'm going Michael Jordan at cornerback. Oh. Michael Jordan not only is one of the greatest athletes of all time, He's a two-sport athlete, right? Obviously, basketball, baseball. Get that third sport in there. Play football. Be that lockdown corner. And just talk shit to the guy the entire game. Don't have to dominate, but as a trash talker and a closure, give me Michael Jordan, cornerback. That's tough. That was good. I liked it. I liked it. I mean, look... If I'm lining up in the slot, I'd rather not have Michael Jordan standing in front of me. Like I'd rather just be some guy named Dave Jones, or like a generic name like Kyle Wilson. Like it's a <laughs> yeah, it's Jermaine Johnson. Just 
Any name. Any name but Michael Jordan. <sighs> so are you up now, or do you have you have your final pick here? I think I have. Yeah, I have one last pick. The problem is, the Jets don't need two receivers. And I already addressed the speed guy that if the Jets maybe could plug in, that they don't have that element in their offense. Corey Davis, you know, is is known for his his deep vertical speed, but he's not exactly a burner. He's more of a complete receiver. Then you can put another fast guy on the outside. So I already got her Washington. Yep. But I but this guy is too good to overlook. I'm gonna take Kevin Mitchell, who famously caught the ball in the outfield barehanded. Oh, this yeah. guy is the number one receiver available. Uh, and look, I'm not a fan of cutting Crowder. It could lead to that. The Jets could use could could keep uh, Kevin Mitchell as a project for a couple years down the line. But man, this guy is size. He won an MVP in baseball. He won a World Series with the Mets. Uh, he actually won two World Series, I think. And he made one of the best catches in yeah, baseball history. It's iconic down the left field line, right? Throws his right hand over his head, hoping he can get a hand on it, and he makes the play in foul territory. I him probably should have taken Cole. David Wright. <laughs> yeah, another great option. Or Odell. Him and Keelan Cole. Well, Odell's in baseball. <laughs> Mike is under the influence. All right. All good. That's awesome. So you can take Odell. I wish I could take Odell, yeah. Okay. Good draft. Strong draft. I'm happy with that draft. The graphic, I don't know how Kevin Mitchell and Herb Washington are going to play, but I think people are going to look and be like, why did you take Michael Jordan? Look, we have smart fans. They're going to do their research. Look it up. Watch the play. You know? Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I think it, it, it's a good play. It, it, was a, it was a great top five draft. I'm looking forward to the graphic and, and seeing the outcome. Did I take six guys? You you wanted to take? <laughs> oh yeah, I almost took. No, I think I still took six guys. Really? I had Pablo Sandoval. Yeah. Ricky. Oh no, you had Ricky Henderson. Mm. I bolded him on my list. Yeah. My list is fucking dominant. It's a good list. Now. No, I, I think you have a good list. Michael Jordan's gonna play well. You're right. Yeah, we'll thunder. we'll see. But you know, we're well, gonna do a crazy long podcast here, but. We have some news in the NFL which I'm very excited about. Roger Goodell thinks stadiums are going to be full for the upcoming season. I was so happy to see that today. Rock hard. It Unbelievable. just was like, you know, like sometimes when you get really good news that you just wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. Unexpected good news. That was great. What a, made my day go by faster. It was like, you had a good tweet. Dude, the thing about Goodell, and I know I don't like Goodell for a lot of reasons, but ever since the pandemic, he's batted a thousand. He's doing everything right. You know, Mike Florio and people were like, you can't do free agency last year. It's going to look bad during a pandemic. People signing $80 million contracts. Goodell's like, no, go fuck yourself. We're doing it. And guess what? We're doing the draft too. And we're doing workouts correctly with teams and, and under protocols. And we're going to have a full season. And we're never going to cancel one game. And then yeah. we're going to have full stadium capacity. He is fucking doing great right now. I love it. That was a really good take. I also don't think <sighs> stadiums probably should be full capacity. Maybe like 80%. Like, I don't know. But I'm, if he says full, I'm down. Like, well, look, I guess you... enough people are going to be vaccinated by then that 
even if you just require vaccinations, 50,000 people, whatever, 6,000 people will go. 70,000. Yeah, I, I tweeted go. out this morning at 9.20. I was at 9.20 a.m. on a Tuesday. I could not stop thinking about MetLife and tailgating. And I literally tweeted, get to MetLife at 9.30. Eat unhealthy food, burgers, dogs, Jersey Mike's. Eight Bud Lights, fireball shots. Football is being thrown. You're talking about the old games you've been to. You're arguing over who's the second cornerback on the team. And then you realize it's 1230. And you have a whole another four hours to enjoy football. There's nothing better than going to a football game for the team that you love. I cannot believe that we're finally going to be back. And we're in March right now. We have another half a year to go. But damn, it's a good feeling. Wait, and even better is... Taking it one step further, we haven't even seen more than two weeks uh, in person of meaningful, meaningful games since 2018. And even then, like 2019, the Jets started, what, one and five? And the, the Cowboys game was great, but it was never like – only at the end of the Cowboys game did we feel like, I think we're going to make the playoffs this year while we were at the game and in the Bills game week one. I mean, it's one and seven. You're right. I mean, it's horrible. Like, yeah. 2019, what are you going to do? You're one and seven. And you're right. When they beat the Cowboys, we're walking out of the stadium. We're like, we're coming back here Monday night. We're going to fucking kill the Patriots. Darnold's back. Yeah. We, we were like, oh my God, 2019, Darnold. He had a eh, week one game, but he had mono. He dominated with the player of the week against the Cowboys. At that point, everything was right in the world. Yeah. And then the worst football game that I've ever been to by far happened on Monday night. I'm looking forward to it. And in other news, we play the Eagles, which is great because we get a home game against a team who, yes, their fans might travel well, right? Philadelphia, that's fine. But they're not a team that's overwhelmingly scary. For example, they're like, personally, I'd probably rather play the Redskins. I would probably, I would, I would not want to play the Cowboys. I really don't want to play the Giants after the moves they made. I don't want to play the Redskins. That's a, they won the division. They got fits of a great defense. Fuck that. I would rather play. The Cowboys, I would rather play the Eagles than any other team at division, but the oh, Redskins yeah. is a toss-up. I don't want to touch the Cowboys or Giants. The Giants fans travel incredibly well, even as a home game. When we had season tickets 2019, there was way more Giants fans. The Cowboys game felt like a road game. I don't think the Redskins fans will travel that well. I think I'd rather go to a Redskins game, but I'm fine with playing the Eagles. Right, they have a, a when healthy and okay roster, but I'm not afraid of Jalen Hurts throwing for 300 yards over us. So I'm looking forward to it. Out of all, what was it? It's it's only an NFC team, right? It was it, NF, it, NFC East. Oh yeah, so just of course then. I mean, so we both came in last. I think there was actually an opportunity the Giants if they if they would have lost the final week and the Eagles won, we would have played the Giants. So there was a path. We don't want to play the Giants. The Giants' defense is good. And the reason I don't want to play the football team, they're, they had the fourth defense in football last year uh, in terms of points and number two in yards. So Yeah, it's a well-coached team. First year under Ron Rivera. You think they're going to come back and be a little bit better? And plus, Fitz always kills us. Fitz is great against the Jets. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember even uh, ever beating him. He beat us with his box. was so stupid. We beat them in 2019 when we were black unis at home, right? Wasn't that... Uh, who who started for the Dolphins that game? Oh oh the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, oh, we might have beat him with Miami once. Yeah, well, in twenty nineteen, when we won the last second thickened field goal, the yes, Black that was a, team. That was a weird Robbie game. and Crowder both had tutties. I, I think that game Fitzpatrick started. He was being like a maniac, diving head first. For I was just thinking down. about the the Bucks, but yeah, oh, true. I think 
Let's see. Yeah, Fitz did start that game. I wonder. Yeah. He beat us with the Bucks. That one year was frustrating uh, with McCown. So, so twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. The Jets were like four and they were humming. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were humming. Well. And, and then that just took us out of everything. Yeah. Yeah, but look, I'm I'm finally playing the Eagles. Good news on that front. I'm happy with it. I don't love 17 games because it ruins all the stats, and I know you're a huge like fan of the stats. Oh, this kills me. It's a this, killer. This is an absolute killer. The records are going to look like so stupid. They're just going to look like 10 and 7. Well, I think the plan is for it to go to 18 games. But then Which the is even worse. Then, then, then the stats are really going to get ruined. Well, they're, it's almost like you have to go to yards per game as like a new fundamental like a a breaking point, which I guess is kind of cool. Instead of these guys getting hurt, you can actually look at their yards per game and see the year that they have. We have a lot of times of the what ifs they played a full yeah. year. It's very odd. I don't I don't love it, but because my brain now has been trained for twenty four years to think, you know, all these things mean something. Like if a guy is thirty seven hundred yards passing, like that means something now, and it's, I'm gonna have to. It's gonna mean something different. You know, well, when there's an 18-game season, I guess you'll know if they only play 16, like, what it means. Well, you're right. But think back to the division realignments, the new AFL and NFL merging, 14 games to 16. There is change. We've just been very grateful that since we've been fans, like, early 2000s, like, it's been the same shit. Like, it, it, nothing really crazy has happened. So it definitely is a big adjustment. I'm happy that we get the first home game. All the AFC teams get home game in 2021, and we get to watch another game of football. It's pretty fucking cool. Like it does, yeah. it's pretty cool. The one thing that was also um, frustrating is I thought because they pushed the Super Bowl back to the 13th that we would be off the next day, but not only are we not off, it's also Valentine's Day is a disaster. We have, to go out, we have to go to dinner or do something romantic after the day after the Super Bowl. We're gonna be so hungover. Yeah, I thought they would have moved it up a week because that means it would have, what is it, Labor Day? You would have had Monday off after the first week of NFL football if they moved it up the first week of September and kept the Super Bowl the same date. Oh. I think that's what they're going to do when they make it 18 games is have it a week early and then, like, you don't want to be playing the Super Bowl at end of February. But, yeah. no, it's, I mean, it's been, it's some good news. And then I think finally, the only other, right, there's pro days for Wilson and Fields, but, the other big thing is, did you see Robbie Anderson's comment about yeah. this? Fuck. Interesting. He said a very – and look, we have been very consistent that we didn't want Robbie Anderson back for $12 million. We didn't think he was like the number one, the guy your young quarterback needs for 12, for 12 million. If you had told us $9 million and Perryman was $5 million, we would have taken Robbie. But Robbie didn't win 50-50 balls. He was kind of a dick a lot of the times. But ever since he left the Jets, he hasn't said anything that negative. I think he like retweeted one annoying video. And it's yeah. pretty cool. Like he authentically on the Going Deep podcast was like when when Bulls came in, we respected him and we liked them. It just didn't work out. When Gates came in, it was okay to lose. It was very weird and he just felt uncomfortable there. So fascinating stuff from Robbie. Yeah, I mean you have to imagine like uh, it would be so hard to buy into Gase because he just doesn't seem like an emotional guy. He seems like a disturbed person. He should be psychologically evaluated. He destroyed our franchise, and 
the more I think about him, it used to be, you know, like, oh, haha, gay server. Like, I really despise him. He did horrible things. He ruined Sam's career, even if, you know, Sam might not be the guy, might, whatever. But he destroyed Darnold. He didn't give him a chance. And he, dis- and he set our franchise back a lot. Horrible. Because if Darnold would have been really good this year and Gay still was horrific and we end up with like the fourth or fifth pick of the draft, you can trade back to these teams if we all we all would have agreed. If Darnold had a good year but they still just didn't win, it probably would have been Gase. And I just cannot believe that he ruined, ruined a career of a player. And I think we're slowly coming to a fan base, and I'm definitely not. But I feel like people are, are almost putting too much blame on Sam for last year, and he deserves a lot of the blame. But if you're going to point a finger, it's all on Adam Gates. Like, he's the main culprit here, and he is not only a not, not a good football coach, he's kind of a scumbag. And you could tell by the way he treated the players, the media, just didn't really care. You got fired from a dream job in Miami. You got to be a head coach in Miami. A, a you know, pretty fucking cool storied franchise, and he didn't he made the playoffs once, right? But how do you not learn from your mistakes? You will from Miami to a big time team in New York. You have to learn from the mistakes that you made in your first role, and he's never did. And it's possible. Remember, Terry Collins was had a reputation for being uh, vicious and hard on his players, and and, a, and an asshole. And then he came to the Mets, and he's one of the most liked player managers the Mets have had. It and can they, happen. And they kept him to be in the front office because they loved him so much. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. I hope he never has the opportunity to ruin someone's career again. Because I, I don't want to take it too seriously, but in the grand scheme of life, if Darnold could have been a guy who got that next rookie contract or went past his rookie contract as a $100 million-plus quarterback, Adam Gay stole that from him, point blank. And, and <laughs> in the areas that Darnold could control, he did a poor job in year three. I just can't believe – I don't even want to talk – it's banana land. But I, have, I found, like, ridiculous photos of Adam Gates last night at, like, a <laughs> wedding. Dude, I got to – I don't want to – I don't want to tweet it out. And if you want to Google it, you can. But there's a picture of him holding a baby, and it's bananas. Look at this. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to put it up to the screen. This is what they – part of my take says great uh, radio. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, he's, oh, it's disturbing. He's holding the baby with like one hand, like it, it's a horrific. It's really photo. disturbing. I'm not, uh, I don't want to post a photo of his baby. Like, I don't know if I want to. I'm not going to do that on Twitter, but Jesus Christ, he's a weird dude. But even like this guy, like that's the guy you're going to trust for your team. Can't do it. Oh, I just, I looked at him and it's, it's terrifying. All good. I think we're going to wrap there about a half hour pod. We'll be back next week. I'm sure there'll be some big breaking news as OTAs get closer. Something big could happen with the Jets. A trade seems to be very likely, but we'll stop there. If you did make it this far, thank you very much. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and go back and listen to old episodes. If you want to listen to the best we've ever done, the Oregon Trail episode is 10 out of 10. We still get DMs about it. So go ahead, go back and listen. Mike, any parting words? Oh, I got to go take a nap or something. I'm all banged up. All right, go take a nap. <laughs> all right, good talking to you, buddy. That was fun.